It's not an alien invasion, it's just cicadas. Welcome back to the podcast that discusses everything environment within Fairfax County and how the dedicated people from our Department of Public Works and Environmental Services keep doing what they do to help our residents and our environment. I'm Scott Coco. Today I have with me Joanne Allen, our good friend that handles all the uh, invasive species here and an urban forester with DPWES. There is an awful big event about to start in a couple weeks here. And tell us what is going to be happening here in May. Well, yeah, so um, I'm actually pretty excited. Um, We have something called the periodical cicada. And so this is a type of cicada that uh, emerges out of the ground every 17 years. And so um, we have a couple different broods of cicadas. So this year's uh, brood is brood 10, and we're expecting to see uh, mass amounts of cicadas in the Northern Virginia area sometime around the first or second week of May. So brood, brood, brood 10 just doesn't sound very cool, but brood X sounds really cool. <laughs> so... What, where, where does the 10 come from? Um, so there's uh, around 17 different types of brood uh, of cicadas. So these are just, so the periodical cicada is very unique in which it spends a, a period of time in the soil um, as, as a larva feeding on various roots and, and plant materials. Um, and the interesting thing is, is that um, the cicadas come out all at once at the same time. And so there's, a, there's 17 different groups of cicadas that emerge at the same time around the eastern United States. Wow. Okay. And so how many are we talking about? I know I've lived through this a few times, but... Uh... Uh, how many cicadas are we talking about? Well, so um, while in researching for this podcast, um, it, it basically it can range from just a few cicadas observed in an area to up to about a million per acre. Just the just you know the amount that you can find in, in an area can vary, but um, they do uh, they can congregate in large numbers in a small area. I I always just. I am amazed by how uh, many that you see in some suburban areas, um, especially if you have older houses that were not brand new 17 years ago. (laughs) Just the amounts of these critters is, is amazing, but also just generally the sound, the buzz, the hum, the alien noise that, that is just around constantly for, for a month or so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had the good fortune the last time we experienced uh, uh, the, the periodical cicada, I think it was in, in 2013. And I, I, I went to a wedding, and that was, like, almost part of, like, the theme of the wedding. It was an outdoor wedding, and there were cicadas in the wedding pictures. We also had, like, like-minded uh, science bug, uh bug and tree nerdy people there. So it was appreciated by most of us. 
So what are some frequently asked questions that you get uh, about cicadas? I know we, we tried to have uh, Rachel Greismer uh, on here uh, who talked to us a lot about cicadas. Uh, didn't turn out well with technically, um, but we certainly want to thank her for joining us. But uh, tell us some of the questions that um, you guys as urban foresters get about these guys, these cicadas. Yeah, so um, there are a couple of different concerns that people uh, will ask us about. One is uh, regarding, you know, cicadas, will they harm people? And so cicadas, when they come out of the ground, um, they first come out as nymphs and they crawl up a, a tree or some kind of surface. They, uh, they molt or they, they shed their exoskeleton and they turn into adults. And after that, they're interested in feeding on some plant material singing really loudly, and mating, um, and laying their eggs. Outside of that, they're, they, they don't bite, you know, they don't sting. They certainly don't bother anyone, and they provide a really good uh, benefit to wildlife since they, they don't really have any defenses. So they uh, are easy prey for many of our wildlife that we have in the area. Yeah, uh, Rachel called it a bird buffet. <laughs> An all-you-can-eat bird buffet for the area. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really it's really great. And so, um, and then so the other concern that people usually have is about their trees. So, um, are are these are these going to kill my trees? Should I be worried? What should I do? Um, should I be using like uh, insecticides or anything like that? So, um, the the cicadas do lay eggs. On, on, on tree branches or woody branches, um, usually around the size of a pencil. And so when they lay their eggs inside those branches, those branches will die off, but they're really small segments of, of, of the plant. Mm. So for the most part, there really shouldn't be any, any concern, especially if you have a full-grown tree. If, if you just recently planted a tree or had some seedlings, you can uh, – protect it with some fine netting and so cover it with some fine netting so the cicadas can't get in. But otherwise, I would just suggest people to sit back and just, you know, uh, do the, the, the natural wonder that we're going to be experiencing pretty soon. So these guys, they, they, they don't harm people. Are, are, you know, I, some of us with pets, cats, dogs, walking our dogs, are, are, do they pose any danger to our pets? Um, so I will say the last time I saw the 17 year cicada, I had a friend of mine who didn't have to feed his dog for two weeks because he, they just <laughs> basically were outside munching on cicadas the whole time. Um, I have read that, you know, uh, if, if a pet eats too many, it could be, you know, it could upset their stomach. You may have to take them to the vet. I think overall it, it shouldn't be too big of a concern if you're, uh, dog or cat munches on a few. Um, I would just be, I, I, I wouldn't give them a solitary diet of, of uh, cicadas, but if, right. if they happen to have a few, then I guess that's just their treat for right now. And uh, I imagine if you go out on YouTube in a few weeks, you're going to be able to see some folks um, with some recipes for cicadas because humans can eat them too. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, there are many cultures that enjoy insects as part of their uh, diet. Um, and certainly uh, people can, can enjoy cicadas if, if they choose to. Um, 
I know uh, Dr. Mike Raup from the University of Maryland. Um, he he ha- recently gave an, an interview on the radio regarding some recipes for for, for cicadas. I think like uh, uh, cookies with with nymphs in them, and you know maybe you can grill some some cicadas on a sear. But uh, that's you know I'll, I'll leave that up to the adventurous eaters. <laughs> Right, we'll have uh, uh, the some of the food guys out there, um, you know, with with the with the experimental uh, eating. Um, yeah. So uh, now I don't know how familiar you are with this. Um, I was just curious. Evolutionary, uh, d- do scientists know why a species would? Um, basically have a 17 year life cycle where they're hidden for 17 years and then come all come out all at one time. Um, what is the evolutionary advantage of this? That's that's an excellent question. So, um, you know, different insects and, and animals have adapted and evolved to have various different life life cycles and, and um, I I don't know what the benefit would be to have a 17-year uh, life cycle outside of, you know, if you come out all at once. Volume. Then you're, you're, you're yeah, there's, you know, good chances in, in high numbers, you know, kind of like the emperor penguins that all in mass congregate in Antarctica and form these giant colonies, you know, might be easier to find find mates that way so it, it, it's certainly a, an interesting uh uh life history and you know there's other types of cicadas so there's the 13 year cicada that mm-hmm. is also has the same habit of coming out all at once so they're a little um, bit more green if i remember yeah i'd have to look that up but they, um, from what from my research, I couldn't. If they we don't unfortunately experience the thirteen year cicada in this part of the state. They're oh, okay. more in the the tidewater area. Hmm. But um, and then we have the dog day cicada, which that one is oh, that one I, one I know for certain is the green one. Yes. Um. So so um, those come out every year, but they have a four year life cycle. They just don't all come out at once. Oh, interesting. So you, you see them every year. Um, and those come out in July and August, and the, but they have a four-year life cycle. There's many, many, many different types of cicadas. We're just blessed in this part of the, the world that we get to experience the 17-year cicada. Huh. Now, are, are there any other insects or uh, uh, beings in the animal world that have such a long... Um, uh, a long uh, hibernation state, if you will, where you know you don't see them for a very long time. Well, I'd have to think about that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I know it. One one interesting animal. The oh, what are those things? Sea monkeys. Um, brine shrimp. They mm-hmm. have a really interesting life cycle where they lay their eggs in, in these like salt. Uh, like these salt lakes, and then so what happens is often these are found like in areas where there's like long periods of drought, and so they'll lay their eggs, and then those eggs will still stay stay viable. And as soon as those salt lakes fill up with water again, they'll hatch. 
Oh, so it's, it's so really not time-based. It's on the, the water base. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's why sea monkey are shelf-stable. <laughs> right. Um, so and you guys as, as scientists out there um, working out in the county, uh, what are you looking forward to, to learning about um, this insect and, and the environmental impact um, uh, in the natural world with, with these events, since you only can really get information and data every 17 years. What are you interested in seeing? Well, so there are a couple different uh, places that are interested in recording cicadas. So um, I, I know I've seen a couple articles where um, there are some universities that would like people to map where cicadas are being found. So I'm sure if you did a, a quick uh, Google search for mapping cicadas, you could be part of, of the movement to try to record where these, uh, where it's occurring. Um, the, 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 the other interesting thing that I'm interested in is just that, you know, just to see where we're going to find these happening again, because since 17 years ago, the county has had a lot of development and a lot of disturbance in the ground. So right. I'm kind of curious to see if we're going to see the same amount of cicada action as we saw in, in 2004. Yeah, it should be interesting. They might follow the age of some of the developments in the area where, you know, something that was built 34 years ago maybe didn't show as many cicadas 17 years later, and now this time they get them, and vice, you know, and vice versa, as you see the age of some of the, uh, especially if you've lived in this area for a long time, um, you, you know, you see the cycle two or three times based on the age of the development uh, in the area. Yeah. That, that should be interesting yeah. to, to, to map also. Um, and now tell me, what are the range of these cicadas here on the East Coast? How far north, east, south, and west do they, do they go? So I'm trying to think how far north. Um, I would have to look at a map for far north. I, I did see um, for this current brood, apparently, so apparently this brood, brood 10, is like the most wide hitting. So um, it's, it's going to go as far west as Indiana. Oh, okay. And wow. as far south as Georgia. Um, I'm not too sure about the northern extent, but it pretty much is like an eastern United States phenomenon. Okay. Excellent. Um, I, do we know of, of other, you know, you mentioned eastern. Um, does the folks in California or the Midwest or Canada, do they experience anything like this ever? No. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> well, the East Coast, we get I-95 and cicadas. I mean, that's, that's our, you know. <laughs> Those are our two blessings. Oh, okay. Blessings. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's going to be some complaints from a lot of people that get a little ugged out by them. But I, I think they're really freaking cool. Um. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I agree. You know, it, it's, it's, I find it interesting how people react. You know, I didn't grow up in this area. So when I first got to experience it in 2013, I, I just thought it was amazing. I was, you know, really, really excited. So, you know, it's one of those things that if you live in this area, you get to experience a few of them in your lifetime. Well, I, you know, I, and, and it, it's also going to be interesting to see. I, I, I'm curious if there's other w- uh, wildlife 
that in their natural instinct are aware that these things are coming out and we see some uh, animals that we wouldn't normally see in this area because they know that this bonanza is going to be going to be coming. Um, you know, I, I know there's a an insect that looks like a big hornet called the cicada killer. Um, uh, you know that they might be going you know crazy during this time, or if there's other birds around that want to want to come by to to grab these. It, it should be interesting to see. Uh, what, yeah. what the naturalists yeah. see out there. Yeah, you know, this is a, a I guess the, the periodic cicada, the emergence is good timing with like migrating birds and, and birds and, and other wildlife in general that have like a lot of young. So for for those, I guess for, for those a- animals very young, this is an easy source of food for them. And then uh, you mentioned the cicada killer, so that's a type of wasp. And so that's more more associated with the dog day cicada. So the cicada killer usually comes out around the same time as the dog day cicada uh, in, makes sense. in July and August. Yeah, they scare the hell out of me every time I see them. <laughs> They're huge. <laughs> they are absolutely huge, but generally not a threat to people. Right, right, right. They certainly do look threatening, though. Um, yeah. So uh, any other... Any other tips or frequently asked questions that uh, about these guys that are that are coming or anything to look forward to? Well, um, so I guess I guess any other I guess one other concern that I, I've heard about is you know um, are these things going to get in my car or they're going to get in get in my house? So I would you know suggest that during this period of time that you know the peak emergence comes out, just keep your Keep your windows and doors closed. They're not trying to get, I wouldn't imagine cicadas are trying to get in their house, but they are insects, and so they may just fly in there by accident. So just keep keep your car windows closed and keep your, your, your house windows enclosed, and that should keep out any threat of cicadas wandering into your home. And all you little sisters, watch out for your big brothers teasing you with them and trying to put them down the back of your shirt, right? And is that something? Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, guys scaring yeah, their know, moms. I know I have a... <laughs> oh, I was just thinking it might be a good one for my husband. So he gave me an idea. Okay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so um, when when uh, when is the peak estimate for... Um, for these guys to come out, and how long do, does it last? So um, the the cicada nymphs will be emerging from the ground around the first or second week of May. It's it's all dependent on soil temperature. So when the soil temperature hits about sixty five, that's kind of like their cue to crawl out of the ground. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just that's just dependent on you know how the weather's going to be for the next couple weeks. Um, and so once they crawl out as nymphs, they climb up a tree or some other surface, they molt their their beautiful exoskeleton, and they kind of leave that, like, that uh, they're really cool, just like the, this, that, that molting yeah. around, so you kind of see, like, evidence of it around. It's pretty neat. Um, and then they emerge as adults. They'll be around for maybe, like, a week or two after that, you know, feeding on some plant material mating and then the females will will lay their eggs on the branches of trees so i will say that um and this may be one of the more noticeable things is that 
Um, once they lay their eggs, um, the eggs hatch in about six weeks or so, um, and then the nymphs crawl into the ground. And so those the, those twigs, those branches where the cicadas laid their eggs, people may notice that their trees may have a few uh, dead branches in the trees or, like, flagging. Um, and so you might see, like, dead leaves attached to it or, or, or signs that the, the branches are dead. So um, that may be something else that may be a concern. It, it really, for the most part, for most mature trees, really shouldn't be an issue, but might be something that people notice. Would you suggest folks to bag their trees at all to help protect them if they do not want cicadas on them? Well, there, there's netting that you can get, and that's that's for stuff that you, you may have like newly planted mm-hmm. um, or or small trees. Otherwise, there really isn't um, anything that you should do. Um, I know there's, you know, you may want to. There may be some people who may propose that you apply like insecticide, a pesticide to, to kill them, and and really that's just it, it's it's not necessary since cicadas don't really harm your trees or your plants. Um, so um, I would uh, resist the urge of going out with chemicals to try to try to kill them. Now, if only these guys could kill the Asian longhorn beetles or the spotted lanternfly, <laughs> that would be. You know. <laughs> no, yeah, no, unfortunately, that's the cicadas are, have a pretty uh, single focused uh, mission. <laughs> yeah. Come out, make a lot of noise, get down, and then lay some eggs. Mate and so. recycle and, and, and be food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, oh, and one other uh, use for cicadas I know uh, there's some folks that like to use uh, cicadas as a uh, lure. Oh, yeah, so fishing. Can, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so you can bag up your cicadas, put them in the freezer, and just take them out as you need them as you're as you're going fishing. Nice. Well, yeah, we have a couple of fishermen in our office. I'm sure there'll be uh, there'll be fly fishing with them uh, out there soon. <laughs> So, well, Joanne, th- thank you so much for joining us uh, uh, once again. And uh, um, w- what are some of the, the new things that you're focused on other than cicadas? So tell us a little bit about um, the last time we had you on, we uh, were talking about the spotted landernfly. We had you out yeah. um, with, uh, with Hugh uh, when we were out planting trees. And we weren't able to get you on to talk about the Asian longhorn beetle. But w- what are you... Uh, What's some of your main focuses uh, recently? Well, yeah, you, you gave me a lot to talk about. So, yes. So, right now, it's springtime. So, and Arbor Day is coming up, which is our holiday. It's our tree holiday. Um, so, yes, uh, between now and, you know, into May, it's time to plant trees. So, uh, if, if there's an area that you have an opportunity to plant trees, please go right ahead. Um, just... Uh, before you dig your hole, just uh, make sure that you don't have any underground utilities. You can call Miss Utility um, and also be on the lookout for any utilities above ground. So like your your overhead uh, electrical and, and uh, other telecommunication uh, cables. So you certainly don't want to plant a, an oak tree under a power line. So because <laughs> um, then the, you're going you're gonna to create a problem. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, certainly everyone plant trees, and we have a video that Channel 16 created about how to plant a tree, so check that out. Um, right now, we're on the on the lookout for spotted lanternfly, which is a new uh, invasive pest 
I was found in Pennsylvania about uh, six, seven years ago. And so, unfortunately, that invasive pest goes off through lots of different things like trees and uh, agricultural areas that have or that are growing grapes or hops um, or orchards with various uh, fruit trees. Um, so we're on the lookout for, for that pest. It is found in Virginia, and so um, the Virginia Department of Agriculture is uh, actively trying to try to get rid of this pest so that it to minimize the impact to to people living in the state and also to to our agricultural business. So it, if you see anything that you think might resemble a spotted lanternfly, please feel free to contact my office. Um, the interesting thing about this pest is this pest is originally from Asia, and um, we have observed that here um, in this area, when it when the spotted lanternfly turns into an adult, they all start congregating on a tree called Tree of Heaven, which oh, is an right. invasive tree that's also from Asia. And so um, it's one of the preferred hosts of this pest. So we're also asking folks to, if you see Tree of Heaven around the county, let us know because we're mapping all the Tree of Heaven and Tree of Heaven that are found on county properties. We're trying to get rid of it, which will be a benefit because it's an invasive plant and displaces other native plants. And if we, we would be getting rid of a, a potential food source for this uh, nasty insect called spotted lanternfly. Interesting. Interesting. Awesome. And uh, and, yeah. and how do yeah, and I guess go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, how do people contact you uh, about that? Oh, um, good question. Um, so if if you have you know if you have any concerns or questions or you see something that you want to bring to our attention, you can call us at seven zero three three two four one seven seven zero. Um, you can also reach us on at Treemail, um, T-R-E-E-M-A-I-L at fairfaxcounty.gov. Um, we also have a Facebook page, the Fairfax County Environment page, so you can reach us that way um, as well. Excellent, excellent. It, it's uh, it's it's always fascinating to see all the different. Um, people that work for the county and, 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 and the fact that we have urban foresters that, that, that do what you do is, is always so uh, uh, very cool. Thank you. You can join us one day if you like. Uh, I would absolutely. I, I think that would certainly <laughs> much better be out, outside with you guys than, uh, than stuck in here. <laughs> so... Um, well, Joanne, thank you so much for joining us again. We always like having you on, and we really appreciate it. And also thanks again to Rachel Griesmer, who's um, uh, actually uh, Channel 16 produced a video about cicadas um, that is out there right now on air and on our video on demand page that you can see. You can also get to that video and um, on the DBWAS website. And then, of course, this podcast uh, where we'll be talking about the environment uh, all the time. Um, Joanne, thank you again. Um, That's it for this episode of Fairfax County's EnviroPod. If you want to hear more, you can find us at www.fairfaxcounty.gov slash podcast. And, of course, the DPWES website where there are also lots more information. Uh, We're on iTunes and SoundCloud and any other podcasting 
format that you might be listening to us on. If you have any questions or comments or an idea for a topic to be discussed on the EnviroPod, email swpdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov or call 703-324-5821. And uh, thanks to my good friend Irene Hask for making all this happen. Thanks, Irene. And that's it for this episode of EnviroPod. I am Scott Coco.